Again, we're speaking with uh, our legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd, day one of the uh, Jeff Brick trial. Folks, again, this was the Mattiello campaign from 2016. And Tim, I'll say this about Shauna Lawton. She certainly came off of the prosecution with the testimony that she ran in the primary, a uh, total political newcomer, uh, neophyte, if you will, and uh, lost and then suddenly was contacted by this guy that she didn't know before. And he kind of was leading the show and even shows up at the first second meeting, excuse me, with a mailer. And then it, it sounds like after that, she kind of was, you know, and nothing to be insulted against her, but she was just in overhead. She suddenly is doing a media interview. Suddenly the board of elections is contacting her. They'd all been telling her, ah, don't worry about it. there's nothing here. And suddenly she has to hire an attorney. She sounds like someone who to me came off and she was presented to the judge un unwittingly, got caught up in this whole scheme. Does that sound fair? Yeah, I don't think she ever considered that there could be campaign finance violations or money laundering. I'm sure it never occurred to her. Um, but it, it, I, I questioned the defense strategy. Um, I mean, Bob Carrente took a very long time to parse everything Shauna Lawton's ever said. And maybe he scored a few points that she had a few inconsistencies with what she said previously, but none of it undercuts the central elements of the crimes that Britt is charged with. Right. Number one, money laundering, and number two, campaign finance violations. Nothing undercuts the fact from Shona Lawton's perspective that this was a Jeff Britt production. He dreamed it up. He connected the dots. He told her how to do it. He funded it, and she did what he told him to do. Yeah. So I don't know how that really helps the defense in the long run. Get his guy off the hook, John. If if keep in mind, um, as far as anyone else who is involved in this thing, my understanding is the statute of limitations for any criminal charges has expired. So even if the judge thinks, gee, other guys were involved in this and it would have been interesting if they had been charged, at the end of the day, what would that have done if the statute of limitations was still viable? Britt right. might have been charged with conspiring with other people who might have been charged. But mm. none of this is going to get him off the hook. The second witness up was uh, known as the male ballot guru, who's very Rhode Island, uh, very entertaining in some ways, Ed, Ed Cotugno, and he had uh, talked about it. He doesn't remember, but sometime he met Britt. He also, it's interesting, worked with them. I didn't know that on the Ken Block campaign. And uh, he had worked with them. He had worked on a couple other campaigns. I think Anastasia Williams and then a David Coughlin race in Pawtucket. I don't know if he worked directly with him, but he said on the Block campaign, that was the primary, Republican primary 2014 against Alan Funk. He got up, and I'll tell you, Tim, um, he seemed again like a straight shooter. Uh, Jeff was, you know, he was there. He made it very clear that Jeff Britt was the one, the only one that brought up money with him, uh, said, I'll pay between 400, 700 a week cash. That certainly raised some eyebrows and then said, we're going to need a check from you. Would you write a check? And on second thought, would you ask your wife to do it? Cause you're a little too close to the campaign by and large, same story kind of does what he's asked, uh, asked the wife to then send it. And, um, I, I found his testimony seemed to stay very close to the narrative that the prosecutors seem to be putting forward. Yes. And Ed, Ed is an old hand in the political game. He's been around for a long time. He's very experienced. He does come across as a straight shooter. He knows very well 
what he's doing in terms of mail ballots and participating in campaigns. Um, he did stick to the narrative of what the prosecutors uh, had put forth. I don't think he was touched very much on cross-examination. And, you know, not that it's for the Brit guilt or innocence issue, but in terms of how any of this will rub off on Nick Mattiello, um, Coutinho indicates he really had never had much contact with Nick Mattiello during the campaign. So at least there's one of the um, insiders on this campaign who does not put Nick in the room during any of the substantive discussions about doing this mailer, how to fund it, you know, how to, how to do all this on the, on the, and be very cute about it. So Ed does not put Nick anywhere near the decision-making on this mailer, the funding of it, or imputes any knowledge to Nick whatsoever. Um, So from that perspective, um, I think the speaker had a good day as far as this first day of testimony goes. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, Ed Coutinho even shared, you know, he's working for the speaker right now on his reelection. It was one funny moment where uh, Stephen Danbrook was kind of setting him up and saying in that race, when the, when the, you know, the machine count was over, Frias won, but he said election night, what was it that put Nick Mattiello over the top? And Ed Coutinho, proud as could be, said it was winning ways. <laughs> <laughs> and Derek said it was mail balance is what it was. But uh, he was entertaining and very, you know, they ran into uh, Brit, uh, Jeff Britton's uh, significant other, or as uh, Teresa Graham said, his significant Ran into them at Twin Oaks, and then Brit even picked up the dinner. The third witness, Tim, I didn't know what to make of it other than she seemed very, very nervous on the stand, speaking in a hushed tone, even a low talker. Um, seemed very, very comfortable. Her, I didn't find as believable as the other two. And This is uh, Ed Coutinho's longtime, not wife, but they've been together for 23 years. And um, she ultimately is the one that wrote out the check. Um for the $1,000 to as, as one of the parties to help fund the mailer. Yes, she did. I'm sure what was asked of her, I'm sure she didn't ask any questions about why this was being done. Um, She probably had a sense if she's in that political world, what might be going on, but you know, would have plausible deniability about why she was being asked and where the money was going and why it was going there. Um, You know, in that political strata um, of folks who are involved in campaigns, a lot of times, hey, can you cut a check for this candidate? He needs some money. Sure. And you don't even ask who it is, what it's for, what party they're in. If the ask is made, a lot of there's a certain strata of folks who will say, of course, I'll cut you a check. It's just the currency of that business world, if you will, Um, although it's political, it's what's done. And, you know, that her husband asked her to do it, um, or at least Britt didn't want to ask the husband. In any event, the wife knew, she's not the wife, Teresa Graham knows that Ed's working with the Mattiello people, and whoever yeah. made the ask of her, she wasn't going to say no, she was going to cooperate. Um, I'm sure she was very uncomfortable being there. Um, yeah. I'm sure she doesn't want to implicate anyone unnecessarily. Um she was a very reluctant witness, and her demeanor evidenced that. She was a very reluctant witness. And 
I know she's still under cross-examination, but again, I don't know what Bob Carenti ultimately gets out of her because the, the, the foundation has been laid that this was a Brit production and all his idea. Next one up, uh, I believe after her, I think, but someone we're going to hear from is Vic Pichette. He was the one that I thought it was interesting that, um, uh, and again, folks, this is the Jeff Britt uh, criminal money laundering trial, but he was the one that Teresa, um, excuse me, Yashona Lawton said that when she had a fundraiser, she looked around, she knew everyone there except for one person, and it turned out to be uh, Vic Pichette. And he's the other one that wrote the check. And just um, some of his comments before when we found out that he'd gone in front of the grand jury. And I think I think he got immunity. But I, I thought one of his comments was I didn't do anything wrong. And now I'm in trouble. And now my life's never going to be the same. And I didn't do anything wrong. And so I will see how they handle him tomorrow. But, Tim, I, if they were trying to establish, like, who's the quarterback here, who is running it so far? Um, as much as they were trying to, even with Ed Catunio, do like, well, who is in charge of the campaign? He was saying, oh, I, I think it would be Leo Skenyon and Jersic. But then, you know, they were saying, but who did you deal with? He's like, I only dealt with Jeff. I didn't deal with those guys. So I don't know how much it helps if they're trying to say that, you know, th- it was very clear that between Shauna Lawton and Teresa Graham and Ed Catunio, their only person of contact was the person, the defendant on trial. Yes. And, you know, Jeff Britt had a very storied reputation. He's worked for Democrats. He's worked for Republicans. In fact, I think Governor Raimondo said she hired him during one campaign cycle because she didn't want the opposition to have him. So he couldn't hurt her. A lot of times he would be hired by campaigns just so he wouldn't work for the opposition because he's got a track record of effectiveness and I'm sure it would have been very normal for uh, people like Ed Cotuno to deal directly with Britt. Britt had a lot of operational involvement, I believe, in that campaign, um, separate and apart from this mailer. He was a significant uh, component of, of the Mattiello re-election campaign. Um, I think Victor uh, Prichette, if I'm not mistaken, is testifying with an immunity agreement. Um, so yeah. that would bolster his credibility he's got no motivation to lie about any of this um and i believe his testimony will also make it that he was dealing with um brit in terms of brit asking for the thousand dollars um the question will be or the issue is going to be how much did brit explain to victor did he connect the dots as to why he was being asked for the money, what the money was going to be used for, and what the end result was expected to be? If Victor puts a lot of those words into Britt's mouth that, you know, Britt explained this is how we're doing it, this is why we're doing it, um, I, I think he'll be a very helpful witness for the prosecution. And again, it's going to be somebody very difficult for the defense to score points with on cross-examination. Tim, uh, before we let you go, again, folks, we speak with attorney Tim Dodd. This is day one recap of the uh, Jeff Britt trial. Um, you know, the, even, you know, you point out some very good points, Tim Dodd. And one of them is like Shauna Lawton. At no point was it she said, oh, yeah, I went to Mattiello headquarters. I met with the speaker. I met with Leo. I met with. No, her only dealings, the places she met was she seemingly just kept me many meeting Brit at Brute Awakenings when she did go on the Dan York show and didn't give exact answers. She wasn't communicating with 
with Leo. She wasn't communicating with Mattiello. Again, who was she communicating with? She was communicating with Britt. Um, Ed Catunio, he didn't say, yeah, you know, the speaker, and they brought me in and said, well, pay. nope. The person that hired me said, that's who I dealt with. That's who gave me. Could could there also be some questions as to where was uh, Britt getting uh, 400 to 700 a week in, in cash to pay Ed Catunio? There, there could be a question about where that money was coming from, but the question would be, is it relevant? Will the prosecutors okay. object to that line of questioning? And will the judge find that it has any relevance to Brit's conduct vis-a-vis this mailer? If he was paying Ed Coutinho cash or somebody else cash, is that really relevant to what he did in setting up this whole um, Shauna Lawton scheme? Um, you know, the judge is going to keep a pretty tight rein on how far afield we get. But again, John, I go back, let's assume that ultimately Britt tries to point the finger at Leo Skenyon as being involved or at Matt Jerzyk as being involved. Those guys can't be prosecuted criminally, and it's not going to vindicate Britt's conduct because so far it's his baby, it's his idea, and he's the guy who carried out this special ops mission, if you will. So pointing the finger at others as being participants even if true, doesn't get him off the hook. So it, I'm very uh, puzzled by their whole trial strategy at this juncture, based upon what we've heard from the witnesses to date. One other thing, uh, kind of a theory that seemingly was thrown out a little bit was, um, and it was a uh, defense attorney, Bob Crenty, who did a very thorough and was doing, you know, you work with what you have, but he was trying to say to her, and you don't feel or something like you were treated fairly by the Republican Party and you felt they were out to get you or something to that nature. And then he went to a text where then it was uh, involving Brandon Bell and um, um, Chippend- Representative Chippendale and also uh, Representative Brian Newberry. And it almost seemed to be trying to build up that. She, her real motivation for this was she had this axe to grind with the Republican Party. But, Tim, she wasn't meeting with she wasn't meeting with someone like, let's fix these Republicans. We'll get even with them. She she was meeting with the, the guy who was the campaign consultant on the Mattiello campaign. And that and was Britt Britt. made promises to her that Mattiello would be um, a, a proponent of some of the issues that she had raised during her primary campaign. So she wasn't out yep. to stick it to the Republican party. She was looking to no. um, forward her agenda of issues and Brit made promises that that would be done. Mm. Folks, again, he's our legal expert. We're going to talk to him each day this week. Tim Dodd, Tim, great job. And we'll uh, continue. Look forward our to it, John. Thanks.